0: You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 346 with Tracy Cohen. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Tracy on the show today. So this episode is gonna be a little bit different than what I normally do, but sometimes I have to think about who's listening to the show. And I realize that not everyone... May relate to this episode. So let me say this when you're listening to this, if you are a woman um, that is married and does not know what your finances look like, this can apply to you. So we are talking about women not knowing their finances and getting a divorce. But before you go, let me pause. I want to say this because for women who just don't know what the finances look like in their household, I want you to listen to this and apply it to yourself so that you don't ever find yourself in a situation that you don't know what's going on. Now, what Tracy is going to be talking about in part of the episode, and she wrote a book, a book about this, helping women who were trying to figure out what are their finances? Where are their finances? Like, how do they figure this out so that they don't get screwed over? I don't want that for you, even if you're married. And so when this came across, you know, my desk, I I had to think about this and go, okay, who could this apply to? And so maybe this is not for you, but maybe you know someone who is in this situation. And so just keep that in mind. And then also just keep in mind to what she's saying in regards to how do you approach your husband when maybe he's been taking over the finances and you don't want to step on his toes and make it seem like he's not doing a good job, you know, because I know that could happen. It'd be like, why do you need to know? Like I'm doing everything fine. Right. And it's more just to be like, Hey, I just would like to know, because here is the reality ladies, even if your marriage is great and you're, and you're not getting a divorce, what if something happened to your husband and you needed to take over everything? Would you know how to step in? Would you know where to look? Do you know where your retirement plans are? Do you know where, if you have stocks, do you know um, what your bank account looks like? Do you even know what you have in your bank account? These are things that are good for you to know, even if you don't take over managing the money. So I say all of this so that you don't just tune this out if it doesn't apply to you. I want you to think about, do I know someone who this could really benefit? I'm going to share that with them. Or I'm going to listen to it and share this information with them? Um, Or do you find yourself kind of being in the dark about the money and you're like, I don't know how to approach this and to find out more? Or have you ever been concerned that if something does happen to your spouse that you wouldn't know what to do? You don't know where the money is and all that kind of stuff. So this is a great eye-opening podcast episode and I wanted you to have this, but I wanted to say all of this ahead of time so that you didn't go, okay, forget it. And I I don't know about you, but when I listen to, so I listen to a lot of coaching calls being a coach and hearing other people get coached. And a lot of times it's on topics that don't directly apply to me, but I will use something that could be similar and apply it to myself so that I can learn from that episode, learn from that person and learn from their coaching um, session, even though I'm not being coached. So uh, I want to just encourage you and challenge you uh, to do that. If you find yourself maybe, you know, thinking you need to know some of this, even if it doesn't directly apply to you. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's going to be a fun talk, I think. I'm excited. I'm excited. People may be a little nervous, but I'm excited about this, actually. Um, Okay, so Tracy, I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show, and I always like to leave my listeners a little bit more inspired um, before they started. So one thing that I like to ask is, what is one thing you wish you could tell your younger self?
1: Ooh, I would tell my teenage and college self that you are going to be so much more successful than you ever thought you would be. I love that. So yeah.
0: did you think that you wouldn't be successful or are you just more successful than you thought you were going to be? I thought
1: I was going to have a nice job and do just fine in life. Yeah. And I never anticipated that I would love the work that I do absolutely crush it professionally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, make really good money yeah. and change a lot of lives for the better.
0: That is awesome. You know, I was going to ask you, because oh, I have people come on talking about their careers and that's not what we're talking about today um, or starting businesses and stuff like that. Um, what do you think is the thing that really kind of, you know, put you into this path that you're like, you know, if someone was listening, they're like, I really wish I had that, right? Um, especially we're going to be talking about moms and money and maybe some moms that you know they're stay-at-home moms, they don't make money and they're kind of like, I wish, you know, I could could feel that way. Do you have any thoughts on that and suggestions now that you can look back and go, yeah, I'm way more successful than I ever thought I would be.
1: You know, it really is a function of finding the perfect career for myself. And mm-hmm. it was kind of accidental. So I can't like, okay. give yep. advice for yeah, how you do that, right? <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I think my never quit attitude that I've always had really played a big part into that. So yeah, I found that perfect career for myself somehow, but I also, you know, it has taken twists and turns and mm-hmm. I've always, every step of the way said, I'm I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do big things. So I love it.
0: I yeah. love it. That is, that is awesome. And I feel like that kind of encourages, inspires women that it can happen. Cause sometimes I just think people th- feel like they just have to stay stuck in a job that they're just kind of like, you know, I guess this is just life, right? Like who's excited about their work. Right. So,
1: well, you know, as women, we have a hard time breaking on ourselves sometimes. And yes. even as I'm sitting here talking like mm-hmm. this, I'm worried, like, no. are there women out there thinking, Oh my God, she's so full of herself. No. You know what? I have done some really good things in my yeah. career and I'm really proud of them and I should be happy proud. to tell yes. people about this and we should be I supporting agree. each other and lifting each other up. Yeah. So if if you're listening and you're not having that success yet, mm-hmm. please don't feel less
0: because yeah. of mine. Yeah. But please use it to inspire you. Yes, exactly. That's what I say. I think when you can kind of see behind the curtain and know mm-hmm. that this exists, I think it actually kind of gives women um Almost that permission to be like, I, you know what, I'm gonna go after this. You know, if we all just thought we should be miserable, then it's kind of like, oh, this is our lot in life. We should just be miserable. So um, no, I I think that's great. Um, that's awesome. I love and hate social media because social Mm -hmm. media has caused us to compare ourselves to
1: other people so much. Mm -hmm. And how do we ever live up to these images that we see and this fun that we see and all that kind of stuff? Um, but what I do take away from the social media is I get de- ideas and I get inspired. And mm. yeah, you know what? I'm not doing something as fabulous as the next person, but then why not put that on my list of fabulous yeah. things that I want to do in the future and figure out a way to get there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that gets me, cause I'm a luxury travel agent and sometimes I see like, uh, influencers that you're kind of like, gosh, how in the world do they make money like how much money or whatever and they're on these amazing vacations and i'm like mm-hmm. oh i'm like one day i'm going to go you know like they're in bora bora and all these like crazy places and uh and i'm just like yeah one day one day so i know what you mean by you can get caught in that comparison trap or you can like use it to fuel you to like you know be like all right how can i make it happen and and what does it look like for me so i'm glad that you said that cuz yeah. Social media has two sides, just like everything. So it, can, mm-hmm. it has pros and cons. Um, okay. So how about you tell us your whole name, where you live and how many kids you have and their ages? I'm Tracy Conan. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I have no kids. Oh, you have no kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about we jump into then why I brought you on the show and how about you share with us, Tracy, how you got to where you are today? Well, I'm a forensic accountant, which
1: means that I find money. So I do fraud investigations and some of that is on the corporate side where I'm dealing with executives who are Mm. stealing money, but some Mm. of it's on the personal side where I'm working with people who are getting divorced and they are looking for money that their spouse might have hidden. And most of that work is with women. And so that sort of is the connection that we have to talk today. And I have been working for over 25 years Mm. investigating these frauds and working one-on-one with people. And about a year and a half ago, I got an idea to do something that felt much bigger and felt like it would have a lot bigger impact versus the four or so divorce cases that I work on each year in my consulting practice. Mm. I got an idea that I wanted to help a thousand women a year have better financial outcomes in their divorces. Wow. And if you... Understand that there are seven hundred thousand divorces filed every year in the United States. When I say I want to help a thousand women in their <laughs> yeah. divorces, it's really a drop in the bucket. Yeah, small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, most people who are going through divorce can't afford and don't need a forensic accountant like sure. me, but they do have concerns about the money, and it's mm-hmm. especially moms, maybe stay-at-home moms, mm-hmm. yeah, who haven't been in control of the money in their marriage. Yeah. And they're getting divorced and now they're concerned. And so I wanted to be able to show them, here's how you get your arms around your financial mm. situation if you need yeah. to know more. And yeah. so I created the Divorce Money Guide as the vehicle to help women in particular. Now, the guide could be used by anyone, but sure. I really do speak to women. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I love that. So wh- so did you say you, you worked on four cases a year for divorce? Is that what you had said? Yeah, that's about, that's about average of what I do
1: is four divorce cases a year. And I, and then all sorts of other fraud investigations as well, but it's about four divorce cases and it's typically for people who have very high earnings or very high assets or both. Oh, sure. So they have complicated scenarios with a lot of accounts and a lot of money moving all over the place and maybe (laughs) businesses that they own and things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So then when you were saying you want to help a thousand women a year, so then what does that look like?
1: What that looks like is the Divorce Money Guide, which is on an online learning platform, and it's a mm-hmm. collection of videos and worksheets that walk someone through what the financial part of their divorce is going to look like so that they can understand you know, the legal lingo and what's going to be expected of them in terms of documents that they're going to have to provide and forms that they're going to fill out, things like that. And then if you want to understand the money, if you want to look for potentially hidden money, Mm. what documents do you need? How do you get them? And what do you look for in them? And people say, oh gosh, you know, I'm not good with numbers or I'm not good at accounting. How am I going to do this? Believe me, I get that, but the, when people are hiding money in their marriages, they're usually not all that tricky about it. So mm. I can tell you probably like the the 10 most common ways that they do it. It's not all that tricky. Mm. I can tell you exactly where to look to find it. And so that's the nuts and bolts of what it looks like when you are finding the money in your own marriage, understanding exactly what your family's money has been spent on and where it's gone.
0: Yeah, that is really good. Um, so when you were if, when you were working with your clients, you know the, the four or whatever, um, did you just kind of feel this pull to help people going through a divorce? Is is that kind of what kind of you know made you be like, I really want to do this?
1: Yeah. So early in my career, I actually did not work on divorces at all, mm. and then probably about. Five or six years into my business, I had a divorce case that came across my desk. It was referred by someone, a a colleague that I I knew and respected, and I really wanted to take his referral. I wanted to treat his client well, but Mm -hmm. it was a divorce case. And I was like, "Eh, I'm not sure, but I'll do it. Okay. So I did it, found Mm -hmm. that I was good at it.
0: Oh. You know,
1: worked for the next 16, 17 years on these divorces, again, doing three, four, five a year, whatever it may be. But what was happening was I was getting these phone calls Mm -hmm. every week typically from women yep. saying I'm getting divorced and I need help because I don't know where our money is. It seems mm-hmm. like we should
0: have more in this account. Oh, okay. Or
1: my husband was having an affair and I yep. need to know how much he spent
0: on his affair partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so
1: I wanted to be able to help those women. Mm-hmm. When they have the scenario where, you know, it probably doesn't make sense to hire a forensic accountant. A forensic accountant is going to cost you upwards of $10,000. I mean, in a lot of cases, it just doesn't make any kind of sense to spend that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's just going back to showing them, hey, watch these videos, get your account statements, and then go look at them looking
0: for the things that I'm telling you to look for, and you're going to find what's
1: happened to your money. Mm, Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So this ties into, you know, cause I was saying this to you earlier, if, um, even if people are not getting divorced, you know, you might know somebody who's getting divorced and this would come right? in handy. Or, um, even if you don't have do- divorce on the horizon or, and you don't know somebody, um, but to protect yourself, you know, in, in your exactly. marriage. Exactly. And so I think this is, I think this is key because it is still kind of surprising to me, um, in today's age that there are you know, women and I know them that like, cause I'll ask questions of them and they don't know the money. Like, so they'll say, Oh, money's tight, but I don't know. But they, but they don't know what is in the bank account to know is $15,000 too little, or, you know, do you have $800 in the bank? Right. Like it, it's like, right. they don't, it's like, you don't know how much you weigh Right. You're like, I have no idea. Right. So you're just kind of guessing, like, what is my weight? I have no idea. And so it kind of it, it is is surprising to me, but I think depending on the, you know, the husband's personality and if he's more that, you know, I'll take care of it, da-da-da. This is my thing, I'm good at it. And and then the other person's like, Okay, yeah, they're better at it than I am. I, I wonder what your thoughts are then on how do you protect yourself? Like, how what do you do? to kind of be more involved, especially if you don't feel like that's your personality yeah. and they've already been doing it. So you're also trying to not offend them or kind of yep. accuse them of something that they're not doing it good. Right. Like, I think that's why people are like, I don't know if I want to like step on anybody's right. toes.
1: Okay. So let's take a step
0: back Yeah. to
1: this idea of women not knowing what's going on with their family's money. Yeah. There's a lot of shame surrounding that. Yeah. Mm. And there should not be because there are so many women who are in that exact same boat. In marriages, we divide and conquer.
0: Right? Right. We
1: share responsibilities. And so one spouse is usually responsible for the money, and it is still most often the men. Mm-hmm. More and more women are taking over the money, handling responsibilities, but it's still men more often. Right. And what typically happens is we are hands off with it. You pass it off to your spouse. You trust them. You believe they're taking care of the money, and so you're not looking at it. So this is typical, and I want people to get rid of the shame surrounding it. There's a lot of people in the same boat as you. So it is what it is. But how would you start to get some knowledge about your money today if you have not been involved? And it feels to some people weird to go to their husband and say, Hey, what's going on with our money? Because you're worried, will he think I don't trust him? You know, or what if you get the answer of, oh, don't worry about it. I got it handled. One of the best techniques that I found that works for women is to say to their husband something like, I'm really concerned. I know you've been doing a great job of handling the money, but what if something happens to you? What if you're in a car Mm. accident, you end up in a coma or you have a heart attack and die? Yeah. The last thing I need in those situations is to be wondering where our money is how the bills are going to be paid. I'd like to start having an understanding of that now Mm -hmm. so that if something does happen to you, that I'd be prepared to step in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like
1: that. Yep, and so in some families, one of the responses that you might get is, don't worry about it, I've got a guy, or I've got our financial planner, he'll take Mm -hmm. care of it, he'll make sure you're taken care of, and I understand that line of thinking. Um, And from my standpoint, the response would be, I am so grateful that you have someone who's going to be able to help me with this. Yeah. But I do want to feel like I understand things now and I feel like I'd be able to work with him much better if I had a base level understanding of what's been going on. In fact, I'd like to meet him now. Could we meet with him now and Mm. go over some of these things so that Mm. I would be prepared? Yeah. 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 And if you're sitting out there saying sounds easy for you to say it, just understand (laughs) I've said this a zillion times. So it's, it's, it's second nature to me. yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, situations are different and levels of anxiety are different. And for some people, this kind of conversation might be really, really difficult to have with your spouse, because yeah. it might be something that sets him off, et cetera. And right. so of course, take everything I
0: say with a grain of salt sure. and, and
1: try to figure out what works for you.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, because I do think that they do. They, yeah, it's like, Oh, here's this lady saying this is like, do you know my husband's personality? (laughs) Um, but I'm so like, what is your thoughts then on, you know, if your husband is kind of open to, you know, kind of doing the money together, but like not just handing everything over. Like, do you, what do you feel like is a good way for the woman to kind of start taking some ownership on a normal basis, you know, to kind of getting a better gauge of what's happening.
1: So what I would have you do with your husband, if he is open to talking about the finances, helping you understand, the first thing is, you know, of making a list of accounts, bank Mm -hmm. accounts, credit Mm -hmm. card Mm -hmm. accounts, and investment accounts, so that you know where your accounts are, what those account numbers are. Once you have all those accounts, then it's a matter of taking a look at what are the balances in each of them. So can you see a recent statement? Mm -hmm. And then once you have that statement, looking at the transactions, just kind of you know, going down line by line and seeing what our money has been spent on what's been going in and out of the account. Yeah. So that's to get you kind of a baseline Mm. of knowledge. Yeah. And then on an ongoing basis, my suggestion is, can we have a sit down once a month for 15 Mm. or 20 minutes where we check in about the money, where Mm. I could see what the balances in the accounts are, We could together look at the account statements, see what's been going on, talk about where we are in our savings goals, talk about some of the upcoming expenses and things like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. What would you say that people are most surprised about that they might have not realized when they start getting more exposed to their finances?
1: People tend to significantly underestimate how much money they spend on things, Mm
0: -hmm. especially
1: when it comes to groceries and eating out. (laughs) Yes. So if you had to guess today how much you were eating out, how much you were spending every month on that, you would probably underestimate that by somewhere between 30 and 50 percent, if not more. Yeah, especially today
0: with inflation. (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then how much we have sitting in accounts, how much we have Mm. saved people either think it's way, way more than they have or way, way less than they have.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the, Oh my gosh,
1: I didn't know we had that much money Mm. or there's the, wait a second. I
0: thought we had some savings and we don't. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So here, like, so my other, uh, question would be too, is, um, you know, if you realize the money situation is not as great as you thought it would be, um, do you have any thoughts on how to deal with that so that you don't just go at your spouse being, blaming and, and being like, I can't believe you let like the money go like this? Like, what is your thoughts on handling that? Um, and, and, you know, you're probably like really upset and frustrated, but then they also have like, let you look at everything. And now it's like, you you realize they weren't doing a good job. Okay. And so how how do you go about that? So if one of your problems is that you have debts
1: that you weren't prepared for, like credit card debts that you you didn't know existed or you certainly didn't know were that high, the way I approach that conversation is I want to understand. And so it's, you know, eliminating accusatory language. And if the person does get offensive, get defensive to say, I'm not accusing you of anything. I really just want to understand how we Mm -hmm. got in this place and then come up with a plan for getting through it. Mm. So, because you really do need to understand if, if you find out there's $30,000 of credit card debt that you didn't know was there, you really want to understand how did it accumulate? How did it get that way? And you know, it might be a situation where your husband is saying, Well, remember when we had that roof leak and we had to get the roofing contractor in, but we didn't have any money to pay for it. There was that. And then there was the the other thing. It might all be completely legit.
0: Mm. What I will
1: tell you is that if you receive really nasty pushback on this, Mm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you probably want to be concerned. Yeah. Because I would ask myself what they're hiding.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So it's about understanding what has happened in the past. Yeah. And then... Once you have that understanding, it's mm-hmm. about, let's make a plan together mm-hmm. to move through this. How are we going to pay down the debt? Or if we're, or maybe there's not a debt situation. Maybe it's that we haven't met our savings goals. You know, how are we going to save more? What is our plan together to control our spending and try to allocate more towards savings? Um, I, you know, suggest, you know, trying to be very cooperative about it. What are, how can we What is a plan that we can both live with?
0: Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind. Or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is A-OK. These mini coaching sessions are my way to get back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living, Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good just to, to start the ball rolling to kind of think about those questions. Um I want to move a little bit more to people actually getting divorced um, or know if they know somebody who's getting divorced and this could help other people. Um, Say you have stay at home moms or moms that don't make that much money, especially compared to the husband. Um, And you maybe do know about the money. uh, So maybe that's not so uh, that the issue, but let's just say they are just kind of thinking, I don't know how are they going to survive, right? Like, um, how, like, is all that money just going to go to him because he made the money? I'm sure this is probably a question that comes up um, when trying to figure out uh, – I'm sure state to state might be different, but, um, you know, that they probably start to go into a panic of like, okay, I don't know how much money okay, – maybe they don't know everything about the money, but they're like, he's worked, he's done all of that. Do you have – women that come to you in that kind of panic, not knowing, you know, not so much that they don't know what's in the bank account, but they're like, but what is actually mine? For sure. That is a concern. And when divorce is on the
1: horizon, I see the husband who has been the breadwinner, Mm -hmm. getting very possessive over Mm. the money. That's my retirement account. That's uh my money in the bank account. I earned it.
0: Mm.
1: I was the one who paid for this house. And that can be a really frightening position for the wife to be in. So what do you do? Well, the key is having some money of your own. And so one of the things that we talk about is if you have joint accounts that you do have access to, taking money of those out of those accounts and putting it in an account that is only in your name so that that money is protected hmm. because unfortunately sometimes when divorce happens you will have your husband clean out the accounts now he's the one who has the income cuz he's been working and he's also cleaned out the accounts so there's no savings for you hmm. and i know that when i talk about take money out of your joint account and put it in an account <laughs> for you alone it kind of feels dirty to some yeah. people like yeah. oh gosh He's going to get mad. It feels dirty. Right. I get it. Mm -hmm. This is for the protection of you and your children. Mm. And the idea is not that you're hiding that money. Mm. You are going to fully disclose it in the divorce. Mm. You know, you're going to show I took $10,000 out of our joint checking account. Mm-hmm. I put it in this account with my, in only my name. Mm-hmm. And here's exactly what I spent it on. Here is, here are the bank statements. So I'm not advocating hiding money
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless right. you're in an abusive situation. Right. And yeah. that's completely different. Yes. And I'm not qualified to talk about yeah, that. Right. Yep. But for the average mm-hmm. marriage, you are protecting yourself by putting money in an account. And I'm sorry, divorce gets nasty sometimes. Mm-hmm. And God forbid that your husband cleans out the account.
0: So let me ask you, would you, so you would be able to move money to your own account if it's coming from a checking account that's yours together? Like the bank would let you do that? If your name is on the account, you can withdraw whatever money you want from that account. Okay. And then put it, got it. So you just need to make sure it's in your own name, like the separate account. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And I do even recommend opening that separate account at a different bank altogether than the one that you have your joint yeah, funds at, okay. just so that no mistake can be made by any
0: bank teller or any, anything that it would be completely protected and sure. separate. Yeah. So are you, so you, you're saying to go in then withdraw and then, and then to deposit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now what if, you know how you were saying that sometimes they'll wipe it out before the wife can even get there, then what is the solution to that? then you're going to be
1: left to go into divorce court, Mm. file for divorce Mm -hmm. and go in front of a judge and hopefully get the judge to order that he give you some of that money and it can take a while. It's not fun.
0: Wow. Okay. Cause I'm just trying to think, you know, I can see people sitting there thinking, okay, how am I going to take this money out? You know? um, And it not cause a huge issue, right? Like if they're still living together or They're not living together, but it not be like a major nightmare. And it causes
1: issues. Yeah. It causes issues, but you have to do it before you file for divorce because, you know, that divorce filing is often very triggering to your spouse. Yeah. And I have seen too many women where the divorce filing has happened Mm -hmm. and within hours, the bank accounts are cleaned
0: out. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, but here's the thing. If you, what if the, if the, the spouse is, is wanting the divorce and you didn't know it was coming, you wouldn't know to prepare yourself to pull the money. So. Right. Um, any thoughts on that? Like, on, I mean. Once you get wind of it, uh, the divorce has been out. filed or it's going to happen, then go for
1: it and protect your money.
0: I see. Okay. Now, a question I have, uh, you know, that people might have to deal with is especially if the spouse say owns a business or something and it's not a traditional job where you can go to their employer and be like, okay, I just need to see their check stubs. Like what, what are they making? And they start kind of hiding stuff, right. Of how much they make. Mm -hmm. So then they don't have to pay as much alimony. Um, And you have no idea, like, what are they spending? They're spending more on things and saying it's expenses for the business, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it shows that they're not making as much Do you have any thoughts on these situations for women on how to protect themselves or how to get the most out of that so that they're not getting screwed in alimony?
1: It is really hard because when someone is self-employed, they can do whatever they want Mm. with the money. Mm. They can make it look however they want. Yeah. So the best thing you can do if you're going through a divorce and this is your scenario Mm -hmm. is to get the business records, mm-hmm. you know, get the tax returns and financial statements for the last several years where you could hopefully show to the judge a pattern of this is how much money the business makes. It's mm-hmm. always made this much. Yeah. And I like to say judges are smart Yeah. and they understand mm-hmm. that people do something that I call divorce financial planning oh. or, or that people get something that I call the divorce flu. their business is a little bit sick. (laughs) Judges understand that. Now, Mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is judges, you can never predict from judge to judge how they're going to handle it. Because some judge, one judge might say, Oh, well, whatever it says on paper is what Mm -hmm. it says on paper. Okay. And then the next judge might say, Come on, buddy. Yeah, I know that's not what's really going on. Mm -hmm. So it is hard if they're self employed. I'm not even going to sugarcoat that one.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, And then with the houses and, and the retirement and stuff like that. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on, is there a way to protect yourself on that? Or I mean, is as I don't know. I don't even know like how that looks.
1: I think the most important thing to remember with houses and retirement accounts is do not let your spouse scare you when mm. they say you'll never get a penny. Mm. You're going to be homeless. Yeah. You can't have any of my retirement. Yeah. It, that's all crap. Mm. That is all crap. Unless you signed a prenup. Yeah you probably probably in part of the house and part of the retirement. Mm. Okay. Every yeah. situation is different. Every sure. state law is different. Yeah. But for the vast majority of us, you know, equity in the house that was built up while you guys were married, yeah. you're entitled to half of that.
0: Mm.
1: Retirement funds that were accumulated while you were married, you're entitled to half of that. Now, mm. if someone owned some, uh, owned some retirement funds or owned a house before you were married, sure. that complicates it. Yeah. Right. But for most people, you got married and then you bought a house. That's yeah. half yours. Don't let them scare you. Yeah.
0: yeah, Because I could think that could happen. I think, I think the spouses could, you know, scare, scare the, the wife and make them feel like they are going to have nothing. And then, and then you don't really know because you weren't really thinking about that. So you're kind of like, I don't know if they're right. So, um, that, that is really good to know. Um, you know, as we get close to the end, is there anything else that you want to touch on that we might've not covered that you would want to, you know, the listeners? Okay. Yeah. Let's dive into it. I do. So
1: we talked about, you know, if things are going south in your marriage or if you see, you know, lots of spending or weird accounts, right? You don't know what's going on. I talk a lot to women about red flags of financial fraud in their marriage, And just being on the lookout, and this is for your own protection, being on the lookout for signs that something is going wrong with the money. Mm. So when your spouse's behavior changes, or they're becoming more secretive, or they're suddenly not letting you see financial information, they're getting you to sign documents without letting you read them, they're not showing you tax returns. You see a transaction on a statement that they can't explain or that is unusually large. Mm. Suddenly, they're going to the ATM all the time when you guys never had, you know, a pattern of spending cash. You use your credit and debit cards. Sure. When things like this happen, I want you to be on the lookout for them because it is a warning sign that you need to take very seriously, and you need to start gathering information and looking at account statements and trying to figure out what's going out with the money. Mm. Very important.
0: Yeah. That is really good because yeah, like just little patterns like that, you know, that you're like, wait, we never do this before. And now you're all of a sudden doing that. Yeah, that is good to know. Um, Is there anything else that, that kind of came to your mind? Well, following on with that, Mm -hmm. if I'm sitting out in the audience, I'm thinking,
1: okay, so I see some of these signs. How do I know how worried to be? Mm -hmm. I put together a little quiz called Mm -hmm. the red flag assessment. Okay. where you can spend three to four minutes answering oh, some nice. questions about how the money works in your marriage and some of these signs that you may have seen in your family with yep. the money. Yeah. And you answer the questions and I return to your result that says, how where you should be? How high is your risk of financial fraud in your marriage? And then mm. just giving you some ideas on some next steps to take. So, so if you get a result that says, gosh, you're at high risk of financial fraud, it'll give you some pointers for what to do next.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, I think, I think we've covered it. I mean, obviously there's so much more and so so much. Yeah. And, and I know that you have a book. So how about um, you share with everyone um, how they can find your book if they want to do this and, um, and your website um, so people can kind of just see what you're all about if they're finding themselves in this position.
1: Here's how they can find everything. I have a landing page set up for your listeners. Oh, so, my website is fraudcoach.com because I am your fraud coach during your divorce. And you can find the landing page at fraudcoach.com forward slash mom inspired. Oh, and on that page, what they're going to find is a little hello from me and they'll find the red flag assessment. Mm they're going to find a link to my new book called Find Me the Money, Take Control, Uncover the Truth and Win the Money You Deserve in Your Divorce. And they'll also find the Divorce Money Guide there if that's something that resonated with them, if they're interested in really getting their arms around the money in their family. I love it. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great talking with you thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun, a lot of information, yeah. but I, I hope that I could inspire some moms out there listening.
0: I, I think so. And, and maybe giving them some courage to kind of take the step forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to com forward slash coaching. See you there.